Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. FixTheNation.com. Ready to uh, return to the airwaves. On, by the way, by the way, World Radio Day. How cool is that? February 13th. Go figure. All right. So a couple things. First off, for those people who've never been with us before, let's uh, kind of get up to speed. One, what I've done, this is Johnny Jensen. Um, I started Fixed Nation about five years ago, a little over. Uh, it's a solution-based thought or process toward fixing the ills of the country. I want America to be a better place. I want us to get there. I think we have a lot of work to do. A lot of work. Oh, my God. A lot of work to do. So many issues on the table. And the frustrating part for me is the fact that I don't see a lot of answers and solutions. I see a lot of people pointing fingers. I see a lot of people – oh, how do I say this? It, it's easy to find fault in something. It's very difficult to come up with a real-time solution to the very thing you point out. Think about that for a second. It's not that our country is perfect or imperfect, but the people that point at the problems don't bring real solutions to the problem. America's cruising along about 20 trillion trillion, that's a T trillion dollars in debt. Yet nobody stands in front of that freight train and says, enough already, we're going to stop this train. Nobody. Not Republican, not Democrat. Let's keep spending. It's okay. It's, quote, other people's money, end quote. That's not healthy. It's not fair. It's not right. And it's not just. Okay, and I tell you one thing. If you take that $20 trillion, add to the $4 trillion at the Fed, add to the $20.5 trillion in federal pensions, Social Security, and Medicare, okay, just for federal employees. You're talking about a really big number that you're just going to dump on the next generations. I've got two boys. I don't do this for me. I do this for them. They will shoulder that burden. Every person born in the U.S., the split second, inherits a $62,000 burden right out of the gate as their share of our debt. And that's just the $20 trillion number, not the $45 trillion. There's something sick and twisted about a country that just can't fathom its own demise. So we need to fix it and fix it now. Thus, Fix Nation. And once again, I'm John A. Jensen. Um, so you can reach me. I'm, my website, which is obviously FixNation.com, multiple books, FixNation.com, One Grand Bargain, Why Go Conservative, and the newest one, which is Reality USA, the unofficial, unabridged, unrequested blueprint and guide to a great American Trump presidency. So if you want that one, go to you know, guys. It's, Amer- it's Amazon.com. It's not difficult. You want it on your phone, on your tablet, on your e-reader, your Kindle, whatever? Jump on it. Okay, you want a paperback? Go for it. All right? My one ask is when you take it, read it. Whether you like it or don't like it, review it. That's my ask. Okay? 
And if you do enjoy it, guys, can you share it along? Tell your friends. Put it out there. More the merrier. That being said, um, besides my book, um, Andrew Bouchard actually wrote something that I think is kind of worthy as well. Um, believe it or not, it's called The Seduction of Anika Sarkeesian. Okay, it also is available on iTunes, Amazon, Audible, and elsewhere. Okay, so feel free. Again, that's Andrew Bouchard, The Seduction of Anika Sarkeesian. Okay, so enjoy it. Um, oh, where to begin, where to begin? Let's start foreign policy. See, here's the weird wrinkle in the Trump world right now. Everybody thinks about Trump and thinks about America, America first, and they internalize. Right now we are so focused, so focused on things like tax reform and, and Obamacare and health care. Oh, we've got to secure the border and immigration and this travel ban. And have you thought about foreign policy? So we're going to get there. But we're going to start with this whole, tra- what I call the travel ban craziness. A president writes an executive order. That's how it works. If it's not constitutional, we can revisit that. And even some judges would say that even if it's unconstitutional, it still gets carried out. Okay, that being said, let's go down the path of this travel ban. Now, I say travel ban. For it's not a religious thing, it's not a nation thing. Okay. Uh, it is simply seven nations defined by President Obama as being terror threats that we need to slow down and be more careful with. That's it. It stops right there. Here's the problem. We have multiple factions in our collective world that don't agree that should happen. Now, I want you to think this one through. Anybody who's against that, what I just said, wants to put us at risk. They literally are risking your children, your lives, their lives, all because of political lunacy that doesn't exist. That's tragic. It truly is. So let's go back to a couple of things. He writes, Trump, writes an executive order. It's fairly ambiguous, but it's not grotesquely unethical. He's saying seven nations, 90 days, Take a pause, all travel. Judge in Washington, liberal, stops it, confirmed by a three-judge ditch ruling. Okay. The rulings they made say something, and I'm paraphrasing, like this. If you are someone who is to immigrate into the U.S., you have the right under the Fifth Amendment of due process 
let's be really clear. Two things are true. Either you are in U.S. soil, anywhere in the world, therefore you have the right to due process under the Constitution as you're covered by it, or you're a citizen of the U.S. on U.S. soil, and you have the right to due process under the Constitution. At no time does a foreign national on foreign soil ever have rights under our Constitution. A U.S. citizen off U.S. soil wouldn't have that right. Talk about judicial overreach and craziness. You haven't fathomed it yet. Here it is. So that being said, I want you to think about what the Ninth Circuit Court represents. 86%, I'm going to say it one more time, 86% of their rulings are over, that go to the Supreme Court, they're appealed, are overturned. So I'm going to ask you a direct question. Think about what you do in your lot in life, in your job. You walk up to your boss and you say, hey, boss, I'm 14% successful at my job. What do you think your boss would say if he or she realized that you were only 14% successful? That's like a major league hitter hitting one. NBA player making 14% of their shots. NFL quarterback, 14% passer efficiency or QBR. You're kidding me, right? Point being, you need to succeed to have, oh, the more you succeed, the more people feel you're legitimate, is the way I'm going to phrase it. It's not completely true, but it's for the most part. I think you understand my point. My point is, why does the Ninth Circuit Court even exist in the U.S. if they're only 14% successful? Because it feels good that they do it at the moment. Now, this goes back to one of my premises. I don't believe in what I call judicial activism. Judges should rule within the parameters of the law, about the law, using things on the precedent and the Constitution, etc., to make their decision. When they want to create legislation by their decisions, it's horrifying. We have a separation of powers for a reason. Now, if you believe in judicial acti- you know, activism, it might sound really, really neato. But here's the this is a reality check for you. You do understand that when Harry Reid created the nuclear option – in the Senate. It's about to come full circle and hit the because he was on the Democratic liberal side of the spectrum. Now it's come full circle. 
conservatives might use the exact same tactics to get anything they want done. So if you're Harry Reid, do you cry when you look at yourself in the mirror? Or do you celebrate the fact you created this? Let's go down the fact of judicial activism. If you're going to overreach in one sect, the judicial, what's wrong with the president overreaching? You can't argue one and not agree with the other. What about the Congress just getting out of hand? See, and this is where it gets a little craziness to it. Stop it, people. We have three distinct branches. They're equal. And they all have responsibilities, and they all have checks and balances. So I got a tip to all three. Rein the others back in. You have that right. Do it. Act. Vocal. Do it. Move. This is not something to be taken lightly. The reign of the judges exists at the purview of, etc. Immigration is congressional authority, period. They've deferred to the president, period. The president gets to choose, period, within the framework of the existing law. There's nothing Trump has done that's outside the framework of the existing law. Nothing. It quotes verbatim what is, it already exists, and the judges overturned it because they don't like the policy. That's heresy. I won't ever understand that. But again, it also happens to be the world we live in. Right? But beyond the travel ban, there's the immigration, which is the bigger picture. Okay? What's the end game for where we're going? Build the wall. That was Trump's mantra. Hillary was, oh, families first. Whatever. Both of them are sound bites. That's not immigration. So again, I'm going to encourage you to do something. Okay, I know it sounds like I'm selling a book, but that's not my point. My point is, in Reality USA, there's my tweaks to immigration. There's a history and origin of immigration in the U.S., and there's Trump's plan. Dig in. Give it a read. Trust me, you're going to enjoy it. When you do it, share it and review it. Being as immigration is not a one tweak and we're back to normal. And this is what people don't get, for the most part. I had a really interesting conversation with a guy the other day, and he happens to be a millennial, very young, very, very young, to the, young to the point where He's never known a high-growth economy. All he's known is what is right now. This is normal to him, what we go through every single day. That very blasé, hoping to get busy, waiting for something to happen, burdensome kind of you know, economy. Right. So we're talking about this. And <laughs> he's like, God – you know, how come we have so many issues that haven't been dealt with in so long? I'm like, dude, you are so right. I respect you tremendously right now. 
because not only do we have a lot of issues, but they've ignored. We're not talking a couple of years. We're talking decades and generations. The last criminal justice reform, 1990s. That's 20 years, guys. Immigration reform, 20 years, 1990s. Entitlement reform, 30 years, 1980s. Tax reform, 30 years, 1980s. Inner cities, suffering for decades and generations. You can't make this stuff up, people. You can't. You truly can't. So immigration at the end game, the bigger picture, is a slice of what I call a pizza pie. There are six slices to that pizza. There's the economy, immigration, national security, and there's education, criminal justice, inner city poverty. Those are the six wedges. That's what Trump has to deal with right now. Immigration and all those other slices are interrelated. You cannot fix one without the other. It doesn't have to be in the, in the microsecond simultaneous action, but it does have to be in real time dealt with. You cannot fix tax and not attach that to health care. You might have things in the tax code that need to be connected or vice versa. How do you fix inner city poverty without dealing with education, infrastructure, criminal justice reform, and job creation? How do you fix that without doing those? You can't. How do you protect our national security if you don't lock down immigration? How do you fix the economy if you can't do tax reform? They're all interrelated. Immigration is safer United States. There's nothing wrong with that. If you're going to argue that point, you have no business being a citizen in the USA. If you look over into Europe, you have a lot of reasons to be extremely concerned with who comes here. But it also goes down a different path. And we're going to talk about concentric circles for a second. Trump is going to build what I call a core alliance. My guess is the countries that are Israel, Japan, India, Britain, would be in that inner circle. Possibly Canada, Australia. Okay, But we're going to take a moment to take a step back. That next circle out. You're going to have countries that are like Canada, Mexico, Australia, um, Egypt, Turkey, in that, in that vein. Brazil, Italy, Spain, possibly a Germany, France in that, in that realm. The next level up, etc. As you keep going away, you get a little more distant, but you also get more countries involved. The countries we'd be really concerned about and the con- the countries we, I will call it, assimilate or, or alliance with are going to have a, a very divergent path. You will have, and think about the seven nation band countries. These are hostile countries. They have an agenda. They have a terrorist threat. They have extremely volatile temperaments within the country. Who's to say they won't unify and become aggressive, more so 
than what we already know today as the ISIS-ISIL al-Qaeda-Taliban threat. Who's to say they won't magnify that particular threat? And who will they threat against? Themselves? No. They will threat against the other side. Haves and have-nots. Do's and don'ts. Allies and Axis? Sounds a little familiar, right? The countries will change, but the game will begin again. So you have to get aggressive and protect ourselves or be lambs of the slaughter. It's not a pretty picture either way, but pick one. Foreign policy. Wow. One of the things that people don't understand when Trump took this job, they understood the domestic issues. Let's just rapid fire down some international concerns. You have the Philippines, which are fighting a terrorist issue and are about to get overturned, former ally of ours. You have Cuba, which is on the rise, although shouldn't be. You have Israel on the decline, although shouldn't be. You have issues in the Ukraine and Crimea, unaddressed. South China Sea with China, unaddressed. Issues with North Korea, unaddressed. Syria, the entire Middle East, unaddressed. Turkey, unaddressed. It's it's lunacy. There are hotspots all over the world. Who are you more concerned about? Mexico, because we have people who cross the river, or people in Canada because Trudeau is taking refugees from Middle Eastern countries by the thousands. Which concerns you more? Which border? Begs the question, doesn't it? What about Congress? Let's jump ships for a second. Here's my question to you. <clears throat> and I, by the way, just for clarity, I'm a Republican slash conservative slash pragmatist. So, if anything... I'm in the camp of, wow, you mean we finally have Congress control and a Republican president? We Let's go get some stuff done. Let's go govern. Let's legislate. What have they done? Congress fell asleep in the last 25 days. Really? That's your incomplete reaction since inauguration? And you've been at work since January 1st, so actually it's been a month and a half. Not one piece of... of what I would call qualified legislation has been passed, addressed, pursued. Not one. You can tell, oh, well, we have to deal with the cabinet appointments first. Okay, that's because they think in a linear basis, not a multitask basis. The Trump agenda is way too aggressive to deal in a linear basis. I'm telling you that now as someone who understands Donald J. Trump, get on the, just get on, just get on board or you're going to feel some pain down the road. I think Congress has hugely dropped the ball, and I'm saying that to the Republicans from a Republican. You had six years to get your crap in line, and your entire response is to walk up to the starting line and say, what now? I'm unhappy. Get on board. Get the legislation crafted and drop down and start moving it through. We do not have time to waste. My children and their future relies on you to do 
your complete job. So finish the job. That's not difficult. It's just what is. But truly, you've got to be kidding me, right? One of the things I would encourage D.C. slash the Trump administration and Congress to understand is you need to get back to basics. Get away from beating up on the media. Get away from the distractions of someone like a General Flynn. You need to hold a line. And I'm going to say this with all deference. True or not true, I don't know. But I will say this. The Michael Flynn situation is a distraction. So what you need to do is say, we're going to take a pause. We're going to push that to a side for a second. He will not be related to anything regarding governance until this process is played out. We believe in him. He is completely part of our team. But at this point in time, he needs to step away for the good of the country. We're moving on. When it clears away, we'll we'll readdress it. I don't understand why that has not happened. I completely do not understand. Because part of integrity is doing the right thing when no one else is watching. One of the things that it just drives me crazy, and I think Trump too, by the way, is the hypocrisy of leadership in Washington. You can be loyal all you want, but make bank on this. Ethics are ethics. You either are or are not good. You either are or are not doing the right job. You either are or are not productive. You know, you know his, his, his phrase, you're fired. That's great. He's made a decision on people's productivity, their behaviors and results. That's awesome. Ethics become part of that decision. I'm not saying Flynn did or did not do something. That's not my point. I'm not judge and jury. That's not my position. But to give him a complete pass to keep, allow him in there is to become like everything else before you in D.C. He needs to recuse himself. He should be pushed aside by Trump. He should willingly go by Trump to the side. Let it play out. And as it plays out, you readdress it and you bring him back in if possible. He's a good man. He's a patriot. But the flip side is, You cannot just let it fester and distract you and take you off topic and message. That's not healthy for the country, and that's, in fact, the greater good. But again, that's just one man's opinion. Again, this is John A. Jensen. I am FixTheNation.com. You can reach me, by the way, if you choose to, at FixTheNation. You can email me if you choose suggestion box at fixthenation.com. If you choose to watch me, or rather listen to me, I will be on Blog Talk Radio slash Twitter, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, anything you choose to. Um, Once again, my books are available on Amazon.com. The newest one is Reality USA, the unofficial, unabridged, unrequested blueprint and guide to a great American Trump presidency. Um, thank you so much for listening. Again, once again, Andrew Bouchard um, did have, bring out a new book. It's called uh, Seduction of Anika Sarkeesian. Available, on, again, on iTunes, Amazon, Audible, and elsewhere. All right, so check that out. Enjoy it. All right, thank you so much for listening.
All right? And keep the faith. God bless you and God bless America. Take care.